according to St. John, the 10th chapter. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, I must say it's a bit of a different feeling the second time in the pulpit compared to the first. Thank you for your graciousness. To you who are called, to you who are cradled in the love of God, grace to you and peace from he who is and who was and who is to come, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, in my doing sermon preparation, in what I would call my due diligence of studying the text, maybe looking at a commentary or three, uh, perhaps if I'm feeling really industrious, even exploring a word or phrase in the Greek. In the midst of all that, I always have my eyes out for a good story. Well, remembering my days as a hacker and a turf traumatizer, you know what that is if you're a golfer. Well, I know there's golfers here at Silverdale Lutheran Church, and I know that one of them is watching this morning. And because of that, I just couldn't resist this particular story that I came across. And if you've heard it before, I apologize to you. And even if you have heard it before, I invite you to listen to it again. Well, there's story, there is a story that goes that there was a golfer who was preparing to tee up at the seventh tee box. And as he was doing so, he saw a large pond or a small lake between him and the green. Well, as he stood there, he wondered if he should use the newish ball that he had been using for the last six fairways. Well, deciding that the hazard was too great and this new ball was too good, he chose an old ball that he felt that he could afford to lose. And so he placed that old ball on the tee. 
Well, in the moment that he did that, he heard a voice come from above that said, use the new ball. Well, more than a little startled, he bent down and quickly exchanged the old ball for the new ball. hope you're keeping that straight. And then he approached the tee again, and as he prepared to take his swing, the voice from heaven shouted down to him, Step back, you better take a practice swing. Well, now at this point, he's even more overwhelmed, and the golfer steps back, and he takes a practice swing. In fact, he takes two practice swings. And now he's feeling pretty confident. I've got this. Yeah, we're on our way. So he reapproaches the tee when the voice again calls out to him, Use the old ball. <laughs> well, welcome to Good Shepherd Sunday. Good Shepherd Sunday is the fourth Sunday of Easter, and this is a moment for us to pause, to pause in our journey from the empty cross and the empty tomb while we are on our way to the burning Pentecost fire. Today, today is an invitation for each of us and for all of us to hear with the renewed confidence the good news that Jesus Christ is our shepherd, that he is ever-present, that he is guiding us, that he speaks to us, that he protects us, that he is intimate, that he draws us to himself as only a good shepherd would do with his flock. Today, Jesus' words give witness to an inexhaustible resolve that God has for and the commitment to you and I, to all of his human creation. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall ever snatch them out of my hand. Here it is amidst the imagery of sheep and shepherd that we are drawn into the movement and the proclamation of the unwavering commitment of God in Jesus Christ. And this is a commitment that he makes to you, and to you, and to I. Indeed, straining to draw not a few, or even some, but straining to draw all people to himself. In the text, it's the feast of the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem. Hanukkah, also called the Festival of Lights. It was a time when lit lamps were brought back into the temple as a sign of God's presence and of rededication of the temple. Now in our text, It is the light of the world, Jesus, who is at the temple, walking, walking through its courtyards, followed by, and I imagine leading, 
his disciples, leading believers, leading the curious, leading the questioning, and leading a group of people who ask him, how long will you keep us in doubt and wondering? If you are the Christ, say so plainly. In other words, tell us in words that we are willing to hear. Or say what it is that we want to hear. You see, some who question Jesus may have been on that hillside when Jesus fed the 5,000 with five small loaves and two fish. And if they weren't there, they had most certainly heard the story. Some of those who questioned may have been with Jesus when he restored the sight of a man who had been born blind. And if not, they had most certainly heard the story. And yet they still questioned. Their hearts were still filled with doubt. In the face of all that they had seen and they had heard, they had not heard what they wanted to hear. Even as Jesus shouted what they needed to hear. You know, so why is it? Why is it? that some seem to come so easily to a dynamic, vibrant faith in Jesus Christ. And for some of us, it's hard work. It's a struggle in the context of doubt and wonderment. And then for some, it all seems as nonsense. Well, somewhere, somewhere within the mystery of faith, and free will, perhaps there is an answer to the why to be found. But what we are invited to cling to is the gracious encouragement that we can hear through Luther's explanation of the third article of the Creed. Luther wrote, I, we, cannot by our own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ our Lord. Or can we come to him? But as the Holy Spirit that calls us through the gospel, that enlightens us with his gifts, that sanctifies and keeps us in the one true faith. You see, faith is not so much what you and I can stir up within ourselves. But faith is a gracious, unrelenting, ever-whispering voice. It is the spirit-stirring, ever-straining arms of God who is ever-reaching out to embrace us and to embrace all people. It is a never-still, never silent shepherd's voice saying what needs to be heard. Christ's unrelenting promise to us is that he knows us and that he does speak to us in ways that we can hear. Well, this morning I asked the children, 
And so too, I believe that our gospel today asks all of us to consider who are those in our lives who have served and serve as shepherds? Who know us with a knowing gnosko? Okay, now you got your Greek word for the day. Check that box. Who know us with a knowing that is a profound intimacy? A knowing that truly can only come through the one true good shepherd. Who knows us in radical and intimate ways? Who speaks to us in ways we can hear indeed, in ways we need to hear? And with that question, how are you and I shepherds to others? How are we speaking, protecting, embracing, nurturing, nourishing, providing sanctuary and hope and care? Yeah, I pause and I think about those who have been and are now shepherds in my life. I think about their patience, their unending love, their laughter, their tears, and their stamina. And honestly, my confession to you, it has taken a flock of shepherds to care for this one little sheep. Well, of course, today is Mother's Day. And I always pause to remember a shepherd that I call mom. So who have been and who are now the shepherds in your life? Who are those through whom you hear that sweet song of Jesus' voice? Who are those through whom you experience the grace of Jesus' touch where you encounter a glimpse of all that is holy and is a gift from God? And so, too, how are the ways that the Good Shepherd is speaking through you, guiding you, leading you to be as shepherds unto others? You know, I'm very mindful. We live in a world which is often framed around the language and the practice of capacity. I know, where's he going with this? wait and see. You know, I think much of what we do with capacity has to do with safety. You know, I'll tell you, I don't want to be the 13th person on an elevator that is rated for 12. Okay? But there are times when the practice of capacity isn't about our safety, but it's about our fears and it's about our prejudice. And I truly think that in part, this is why the religious leaders at the temple in Jerusalem could not hear Jesus. They could not imagine that God could ever have the capacity to save more than those they decided would be saved. That God could have the capacity to love and save everyone as we hear earlier in John's Gospel, where God sent the Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world 
might be saved through him. As people gathered in the Good Shepherd, called and empowered to be now his witness, how big are the arms of your Good Shepherd? How broad is the plain of his field of grace? How deep are the lapping waters of his forgiveness? And how great is the reach of his shepherd's crook? Put another way, is there room for one more in the pew beside you? Is there water enough in the font for those who are not yet wet with the mercy of Christ? Is there space for another to sit and to be fed at your table? Is there room in your heart to hold and love one more as God in Christ holds and loves you? Today we hear again in Christ, there is room for you and room for all. Thanks be to God. Amen.